Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Monday, October 28th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, we'll kick off our week-long series of candidate profiles with the race to become Mississippi's insurance commissioner. And after some tips and tricks on bite-sized tech, learn more about a clinic in Jackson designed with the needs of LGBTQ Mississippians in mind. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Candidates seeking the post of insurance commissioner in Mississippi are sharing their plans for improving consumer protections. Republican incumbent Mike Cheney is seeking his fourth term as insurance commissioner. He faces Democrat Robert Amos in next Tuesday's election. We'll hear from Amos in a moment. First, Cheney talks about why he wants another term in the job. Well, number one, I truly enjoy my job. I, I never intended to be insurance commissioner. I spent 15 years in the state legislature. Uh, I was ready to retire. Uh, my wife and I were building a house at that time, a new home. And um, I got into this race kind of as an insurance policy to be certain that we protected it from uh, anyone that might want to misuse it for purposes other than what it's for, and it's to protect the consumers of the state of Mississippi. So I truly love my job. I, I, I go to work um, thinking I make a difference every day in the life of a lot of people in this state. And sometimes the things that we do at the Department of Insurance as a regulating authority, we have to make decisions that don't always go with the right political parties. You know, some days the Democrats hate me and some days they don't. Some days the Republicans are not sure they like me either. And I'm a lifetime Republican. I just say that up, up front, so get that off the board. But um, what you do in the end is you make a difference in the quality of life for the people of the state and for the United States as far as that goes. Let me ask you about this then, since we're on this topic. Medicaid expansion. How do you feel about the Hospital Association's plan? Well, I'll be careful when I answer this. Um, I commend them for trying to do something outside of the box, but one that plan is very flawed in what they are trying to do. They did visit with us in our office. It was not a 
pleasant visit. Um, it was for me. I, I'm not sure it was for them. But the hospital association uh, uh, told me and, and uh, all the folks in my office and my staff that they thought that they could live on the premium base that they had uh, prepositioned their plan on, and it's really an expansion of Medicaid when you look at it. And I said, how can that be? How can that be? And they gave us all the numbers, and I said, one, you come into my office quite often, at least the health care providers do, and they look at us and they say, Commissioner, we can't make a living or stay profitable or keep our doors open without raising the benefits that we get from health insurance companies, the private sector, because we get $1 from Medicare, we'll get $0.92 cents on the dollar from Medicaid, and we need $1.60 from the private industry, which means that the consumer has to pay for that shortfall that the hospitals claim they're not making money on on Medicare and Medicaid. Well, that's number one. And number two, uh, it's, a, it's a sole source contract for over a billion dollars which I just cannot fathom the state of Mississippi or the legislature giving a sole source contract to a single entity made up of a group of people that we don't control and we don't regulate very closely at the the present time. How is your office involved, if at all, or at what level, if the state were to choose to expand Medicaid or have a program similar to that? Very good question, because we're not involved in Medicaid. We have to understand Medicaid and how it works. And uh, here's where we get involved, and the reason the Hospital Association came to see us. They have something called the Mississippi True Plan, which is a bona fide insurance policy and under statutory law. I regulate anything that um, through the Department of Insurance that deals with insurance policies. So if Medicaid's expanded and they use a bona fide insurance policy, we would have to regulate it. Tell us, in your 12 years in office, what are you most proud of that you've accomplished? I think the I think I'm most proud of our stabilized rates on the Gulf Coast. That's number one. We've uh, recruited over 400 new companies to do business in the state. Some used to be here many years ago, but in the 12 years, and we, we all of them are listed on our website. This is not a number we make up. We've also done some things that protect the consumers of this state. Uh, one of those is to change the assessment process that used to be on the consumers and policyholders of this state if there were a shortfall in the wind pool, the Mississippi Wind Underwriting Association. Uh, I was able to nurse through. It took me 12 years to get here because I was vowed and determined to do this this year to get the law changed to put the assessment back on the companies where it belongs. And the other part that I'm proud of is that we've um, improved the fire protection in the state, which is vital to the uh, the life and uh, property rights of the citizens of this state. We have people that volunteer their life every day to go out and save somebody else's life. They may not know, and they're volunteers. They're not paid. And to keep that program going, you have to have fire trucks. And I just, uh, as, as very, being very truthful, I'm a co-sponsor of the rural fire truck program when I was a member of the legislature because I lived in the county, in Warren County, and I understood what my insurance rates would do if we didn't have rural fire trucks. And to make it real simple, if you're Rates, say, for a $100,000 house are $600 a year. That's a Class 5 in a city. You move to the county, they'll probably double. You'll be a Class 8, and they go to 1200 If you move way, way out into the county where there's no trucks or no volunteer stations, they'll double again to $2,400. So that program puts not only... Um, money into the consumer's pocket. It protects life and property. We're going to leave it at that. 
Mike Cheney is the incumbent and Republican candidate for insurance commissioner. Thank you so much for being with us. Always a pleasure to be here, Karen. Democratic candidate Robert Amos says he's ready for the challenge of becoming insurance commissioner. He tells us more about his experience. I come from uh, both private and public sector. Uh, I started out being a high school teacher. I guess a transition from being a high school teacher to a college professor. I taught courses in the sciences such as uh, pharmacology, medical billing, coding, medical assistant, and anatomy and physiology. Also, I've worked as a finance officer. Uh, I was responsible for monitoring about $12 million a year in federal funds. I've been a program director, uh, whereas I had the responsibility of monitoring about 30 employees. Uh, And for the past 10 years, I've been a small business owner. The business helps individuals get certified in health care careers across the state of Mississippi. So uh, I have a little diverse background. What do you think qualifies you to become insurance commissioner? Part of my career, I mean, about 15 years, when you teach in health sciences, I've taught courses uh, with respect to insurance. And I've been teaching courses in insurance for the past 15 years. And also, I'm a former insurance sales agent myself. So the insurance commissioner uh, is a state executive position, but I also have a master's in public administration. And not only having a master's in public administration, uh, I have been a program director. So this is an administrative position as well. Uh, And I think I possess the uh, educational knowledge with the insurance industry, with respect to the insurance industry. You have a diverse background. What makes you want to fill this position? (laughs) For years, I've only wanted to serve the public. I wanted to make a difference in the state of Mississippi. When teaching insurance, you have to be neutral. Uh, You can't take a partisan side. Um, When we look at health care in the state of Mississippi, and many individuals are aware that we're number 49 in the nation with respect to access to health care. We have some issues. We have hospitals closing. And when a hospital closed, that hospital probably was the entire anchor of that community. So not only is the hospital closing, but you have other businesses and people who are getting laid off and losing their jobs. So it's sort of that's a crippling effect to the entire community. So you ask me why I'm running. I think we can do better. Uh, We're better than 49th. We're better than allowing our hospitals to close. We're better than letting people lose their lives because that's what this comes down to. When a rural hospital closed, someone may be from a metropolitan area. And if you're traveling in a rural area and if an emergency happens, you may need critical care right at that moment. Sometimes you don't have time to get back to Jackson, Mississippi. You may need to see a critical care doctor immediately at that time. And uh, when those hospitals aren't present, it may cost a lot of lives in the state of Mississippi. So there are a lot of reasons. And another reason, I'm not anti-insurance. There are a lot of insurance agents who can probably have a better career if it weren't for 
some of the policies we've had made in the state of Mississippi with regulating the insurance company. There are some demographic things such as if you have a poor credit score, research suggests that people with poor credit scores are more likely to file an insurance claim. You know, it's some things that we're doing in the state of Mississippi that hurts all of us. And I want to be the next insurance commissioner because I plan to fight for the consumer. And I think that has changed over the last 12 years in the state of Mississippi. Robert Amos is the Democratic candidate for the Mississippi Insurance Commissioner. Thank you very much for coming in. No problem. And thank you for having me. We're looking at the candidates for statewide office all week long on Mississippi Edition. Tomorrow, we'll hear from the candidates for Commissioner of Agriculture, Republican Andy Gibson and Democrat Ricky Cole. And tune into MPB's At Issue for more election coverage this Friday night at 730 on MPB TV. Coming up, learn more about a clinic in Jackson designed with the needs of LGBTQ Mississippians in mind. That's after Bite Size Tech. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. Welcome to Bite Size Tech. I'm Jay White. One of the greatest advances in web browsing technology was the introduction of multi-tab browsing. While browsers like Chrome, Firefox, Opera, and Edge have each perfected tab browsing in their own way, there are pitfalls that almost everyone who takes advantage of tab browsing falls into. And I have just the tip today that can dig you out of those jams. That's coming up on this week's Bite Size Tech. We've all been there. You are on a serious hunt for the utmost important information to answer the random musings of your antique Griselda over there on Facebook. And before you know it, two hours has passed. And when you come up for air, you take note of the 36 active tabs staring you back in the face. How did I get here, you ask? All I needed to know was the ingredients in fruit cake, besides fruit and cake, of course. And now I have 36 open tabs. Among other things, you've learned about your car's fuse box diagram, the lyrics to Benny and the Jets, Pinterest diagram. Ikea hacks, hypoallergenic dog breeds, and bunt cakes, but still no fruitcake. In spite of being in one single browser, all those tabs eat up huge chunks of your computer's memory and can decimate its performance. The Chrome browser specifically assigns each tab as its own process within your computer. It does this so that searching for many different things in one setting doesn't slow your computer as much, or at first. Also, if one tab crashes, it doesn't crash all of your other browsing along with it. So if you've ever noticed yourself mired in a 43-tab web deep dive and you want to get back home, but you don't want to lose all of this invaluable information you've discovered, or maybe your computer is gently trying to tell you that it can't haul much more of this Jeopardy audition gold around, there's a tool that will change your browsing life. And it's called One Tab. Whenever you find yourself with too many tabs, click the One Tab icon to convert all of your tabs into a list. And when you need to access the tabs again, you can either restore them individually or all at once. Also, One Tab can save all of your tabs from a specific deep dive and give you a link to that list of websites so you can share it with others or keep it for yourself to refer back to. In fact, each time you group tabs together with one tab, it will group them by date and keep a running list of all of your saved groups of tabs. 
One of the few cons with OneTab is also kind of a pro. The con is that there's no cloud saving. Everything you save is specific to the local computer unless you ask OneTab to create a link for you, as I mentioned before. The flip side of that is that there's no signing up and there's no account to keep track of. Nobody has your email address and no one's tracking your internet deep dives from a computer in Croatia judging you. OneTab claims that you can free up as much as 95% of your computer's memory by grouping all of your tabs into one. And it's super satisfying to watch a giant row of tabs get eaten by the first one, which then spits a linked list of those just-eaten tabs at you front and center. You'll see what I mean when you try it. You can find a link to the OneTab Chrome extension on the Everyday Tech Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydaytechmpb. Or you can search OneTab on Google, and it should be the first listing, or search OneTab in the Chrome Web Store. For more tips like this, listen to MPB's Everyday Tech. The show is on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the MPB Public Media app, free in the iTunes and Google Play stores. And live weekdays at 10 a.m. right here on MPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippi's first primary clinic designed to meet the needs of the LGBTQ community is open. Known as the Team Clinic, it provides a range of health care from internal medicine to therapy for all ages. Wes McComas works for the state health department and is a patient at the clinic. He tells MPB's Desiree Frazier he's waiting for a service like this, or he has been waiting for a service like this for a long time. Refreshing. It's it's something that I can go to and not have to explain myself. I can be free to be myself. Um, I don't have to – when I go see my doctor, even up front, I'm greeted in a way that uh, there's no shame involved. Um, and that um, hasn't always been the case for me living in Mississippi. Tell us what has it been like when you go to see physicians. A lot of times I will not even tell them about my um, orientation. I won't mention that at all. Um, and with that comes certain problems that may arise that, that they probably would need to know um, because I have a fear of being um, judged or um, actually not receiving the services at times. What do you mean? They, when you come see them, they don't want to draw blood and different things? Or? Well, I'm, I always have a fear of that. Even in 2019, I have a fear of that. Uh, when I was much younger, I went and get, got an HIV test. Uh, this is when the, the virus was – HIV virus was, was really, really bad. And I was actually um, told uh, I needed to turn my life around, that there was something wrong with me. She gave me the test, but at the same time, she was a nurse. She, she also let me know that she didn't approve of who I was. And that stuck with me my whole adult life. So how old are you? I'm 53. And so you – yeah, you would have been um, in that younger population yeah. during the 80s yeah, right. when uh, the HIV-AIDS uh, became a, a real serious health threat. In here, in 1987, it's, it hit Mississippi really hard, uh, and I came out in 86. I lost a lot of friends in the 80s and 90s, and so – and I've always been careful even then, so I even take it up to this point. I, I'm still very careful because of my past experiences – you know, and it's not always what they say. It's how they look 
or how they, you know, once you say, like, they, um, they ask you certain questions is how they perform around you. You know, you know what they're thinking. Whereas at this clinic, it's, it's so refreshing, and I've been three times already, and I'm looking forward to continuing. Wes McComas is a patient at the new team clinic at the University of Mississippi Medical Center in Jackson. One of the new clinic's medical directors is Dr. Alexandria Mullins-Delosier. She is a mental health provider, but tells our Desiree Frazier the the clinic can handle any medical needs. She says it's small, but there's room to grow. The clinic has been open for two months, and we operate one afternoon a month, um, and we bring everybody together in one setting from the different disciplines so that we really want it to be like a one-stop shop for our patients to come and they can see whoever they need in that setting. We're getting more and more patients and we have been pretty full so far. Um, We're expecting to grow and expand days as we continue. But for a specialty clinic like this, you typically are usually only open maybe one day a week or a month, just as needed. And so how are people finding out about the clinic? How many are you serving right now? Mostly word of mouth so far. So we've had the two months, and um, all of our patients from those first two months were just word of mouth. And the patients are really excited about it that are coming, um, and they're telling other people, and they're telling their physicians, and that's how the word has been spreading so far. We've had a lot of internal UMMC referrals, but we're also starting to get people from out in the community coming to the clinic as well. Why have this type of clinic? Why specialize like this when there are doctors everywhere. The primary aim of this clinic is a place for um, members of the LGBTQ community to come and know that they will be in an affirming environment where they can feel safe and they can feel comfortable talking about any type of health concern that comes up if it's related to gender and sexuality or not. What we know is that sometimes people from the LGBTQ community can't or don't feel comfortable talking to their primary care or their other specialist doctors um, just in general. So this is a place where people can do that. Is there specialized training for this? What goes into being able to connect with this community. Um, Are the doctors LGBTQ as well? The doctors are not necessarily um, identify as LGBTQ. Some do, some don't. Um, But all of our doctors receive cultural competency training to make sure that they are up to date on things like using the right terminology and being sensitive with what they're saying and being able to provide state-of-the-art care that meets our patients' needs as best as we can. What would be an example of something that they would learn that would help them better connect with their patient or an example of something you wouldn't say as opposed to what you would say? One place we start is just with basic terminology. So knowing what LGBTQ stands for, things like that, um, and making sure that we're using sensitive phrasing, knowing to ask people what gender pronouns they prefer, whether they prefer he, she, they, things like that, and so that we can use the right terminology with our patients and be sensitive to to what they prefer, um, making sure we're using the right names. If somebody identifies as trans, um, maybe they're not completely out to their other providers. We want them to feel like they can be out to us and let us know what name and pronouns they want us to use. So those are things we train our doctors to ask about and then to follow through with as well. Does it really make a difference? Absolutely. We know, The research shows that it makes a huge difference. And we know that a lot of people from the LGBTQ community aren't necessarily seeking preventative medicine because they have had experiences where they've been discriminated against. And we want everybody 
in Mississippi to know that if you've had an experience like that, even by the most well-meaning practitioner, you can always come to us, and that's not going to happen in this clinic. How can they reach you to make an appointment? Potential patients can contact us at 601-984-2644. If they have a question that's not emergent, they can also email us at team, T-E-A-M, clinic, at umc.edu. So we, off- we offer what I think is really good preventative care. And so we love for people to come to our clinic and to establish a relationship with us for their yearly checkup. And then they come in, they have their yearly checkup, they get really good preventative care medicine, and they know that we're here when they need them if something else comes up in the future. Um, and we, we can accommodate most typical primary care questions or concerns you might have, things like hypertension, um, you know, screenings and, and those types of questions as well. And so if they need other uh, treatment, you can refer them within the system? Absolutely. So if something comes up that we think needs um, or warrants more regular care or more specialty care, we would help our patient find um, a doctor they felt comfortable with within the UMC system or outside of the system. And so if it's something we can't necessarily handle in clinic, then we're going to match you up with the right specialist you can, just like any other primary care doctor would. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. And fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.